David Roth, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. We're here at the CBAM WPP Distinguished Lecture and Panel looking at China and the rise of the BRICS. Just tell me a little bit about why, um, in a way, you joined with CBAM. You have been working with them for 15 years, but why you thought uh, this particular topic needed discussion now. I think one of the um, great combinations of uh, the WPP and CBAM relationship over the last uh, 15 years has been um, looking at some of the topics that um, are bubbling under that uh, will have a significant influence in the way in which the tectonic plates of uh, the worldwide economy will be reshaping. And clearly there isn't a, a bigger topic um, that has so much impact across many different uh, spheres as the relationship between uh, the growth of the BRICS uh, and the growth of uh, the more um, established economies. Well, well, let's take it from the point of view of the investor. From what you've heard today, is the rise of, of China inevitable? We've heard about the you know, 10% rise in GDP. It's going to overtake America. It's, it's overtaken Japan. To, to, you know, and, and the Chinese feel so proud of that. Is there anything that could stop it? Um, I think there are huge drivers uh, in China that mean that um, over the um, short to medium term, um, there will definitely be significant increases in uh, GDP and, uh, and wealth creation in China. One of the things that I have noticed in my experience of operating companies in China um, is that uh, it's never a straight line. It's never an easy ride, and there's certainly going to be lots of bumps uh, in the road. Um, I s would imagine that that will be the case in the way in which the GDP of China will develop. I don't suspect for one minute, if you look over the course of the next 10 to 15 years, we will have GDP growth in China at you know 10.5, 10.2% per year um, every single year over the course of the next 10 years. It will go up as well as down. But well, there have been some surprising uh, statements really on India. This time last year, people were thinking that, you know, was it China or was it India? And, and now people think that, that e India doesn't look like such a good uh, bet. But now we've heard about the rise of Brazil and particularly Brazil democratizing it, its, its poor, sort of bringing people in, changing its political situation too. I think one of the overriding um, issues that's come out of uh, this, this distinguished lecture series is the fact that we should be concentrating more than we are on Brazil. When you have a look at the fundamentals of Brazil, it's you know, young population, um, the changes that are going on in Brazilian society, the growth of the middle class in Brazil, we tend to sort of underestimate it, I think. You know, the, the sexy thing to talk about uh, is China versus India, who, which is going to be more dominant over the longer period. And I think we all really don't uh, concentrate enough on uh, the, the changes that are going on in Brazil and the opportunities that the Brazilian market will represent to a number of major brands around the world. Now, you heard about this worldwide, if you like, growth of the middle class, where they are, because that's where the markets are, and we know sort of mass markets, cheaper goods is the way brands are going in the future. But do you think, you know, was it predictable that, that, that actually, if you like, there'd be a levelling out between the, the West, if you like, a management of decline, and a coming up of the emerging economies? I think if you, again, take a longer perspective and look at the numbers, in a sense, it was inevitable. I think the thing that's caught everybody... Uh, unawares, in a sense, is the rapid speed that this has happened, accelerated by you know, the global recession and the fact that China has China and, and some of the BRIC countries 
didn't uh, have uh, as big an impact as the more developed markets had during the uh, global recession and recovered significantly faster. And I think it's because um, if you are a, a global organisation um, and you are looking to grow at faster uh, than the average rate in your sector, you have to now be looking at marketplaces that are going to grow bigger than your home market, uh, typically you know, more developed markets in Europe and in America. And therefore, many more CEOs uh, and uh, strategy boards are looking closer at uh, the fast-growing markets in a way that they certainly weren't before the recession because uh, growth in the more established and domestic markets was slightly more guaranteed. Now it's not. We heard Jonathan Garner, Chief Asian and Emerging Market Equity Strategist for Morgan Stanley Hong Kong, talk about this seminal moment of history where we haven't had a shift in the manufacturing nations like this for 200 years. Do you feel, in a way, if you like, concern about that? We've seen demonstrations in Europe over various things. You know, is it going to lead to political instability in the West? Well, I think we should feel happy that um, uh, citizens of countries like China and Brazil and India will have the capacity to improve their living standards uh, and uh, uh, be able to fulfil the ambitions that they have for themselves and their families. Um, You know, I think it's uh, uh, not right of us to look at just the growth that we have in our own domestic marketplaces at the expense of the lives of many other people uh, around the world. So um, I think that comes at a, at a cost to us. But I don't believe, looking at the future, that it necessarily will come at a cost to the declining living standards uh, of uh, more uh, established marketplaces. It's going to be different, um, but there's no reason to assume that uh, it's going to be uh, at the expense uh, of uh, living standards in more developed markets. Well, if we just take finally that visit that visit this week of President Ho to to President Obama. Uh, President Ho has also been with our Prime Minister, David Cameron, here in uh, Britain. That sort of tour, if you like, of courting, of wedding themselves to to the established economies in order to join, compete, um, set up businesses, encourage business, are we going to see more of that in the future? Um, No doubt. Um, Every new politician who becomes elected in uh, developed markets first... Uh, port of call will want to be uh, with the president of China, maybe the president of India, maybe the president of Brazil. Um, so in a sense, that has changed. I think one of the really intriguing things for me, and not well reported um, in the developed markets, is the amount of uh, work um, and associations that uh, president of China has been doing with the African nations we always look at it as visits from you know to or from obama from uh, uh, cameron from uh, uh, f- from uh, president sarkozy um but actually over the course of the last uh, four uh, years um the number of uh, state visits to and from chinese and african nations has gone off the clock uh, as china tries to sew up um, uh, resources uh, in Africa and do deals with African nations uh, accordingly. And, and that human rights question, the democratization of China, uh, that's always asked when you, when you have a visit from the West to, to China and, and that's now accentuated through the internet and internet protest and voices as well. Are you concerned about that or, or do you think that, that that, if you like, a new growing commonality between the markets and China elsewhere will lead them to democratize too? 
I think uh, whenever you talk about uh, China and its uh, political um, uh, structure, um, China will move at the speed that China wants to move and no amount of pressure uh, from uh, Western uh, democratic nations, I think, is going to alter, alter the speed of change. I am sure that if we look back at uh, China uh, in 10 years' time, we will have seen some significant inroads in the changing way that, uh, that uh, China uh, rules and develops uh, and, and grows its uh, um, stature and status on the world stage. And perhaps Brazil being a role model for others too, because it's done that, it's tackled those problems. I think uh, China will look at China. China will do always do things that it believes and perceives to be in the interest of China. If that happens to be in the interest of uh, uh, Western uh, democratic nations, uh, that will be an added bonus for uh, those in Beijing. Uh, David Roth, thank you very much indeed for talking to the CBAM WPP Distinguished Lecture and Panel at the China and the Rise of the BRICS uh, conference today from the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series here in Cambridge. Thank you very much indeed for talking to us. That's a pleasure.